I believe God's given me a word for you today. Amen? And so I'm going to invite you to open in your Bibles to John chapter 1. We're going to look at John chapter 1 this morning. John chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 and verses 9 through 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him is life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but of God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that in our moments here today and, and throughout this week, that every time that your word is opened, I thank you that you are speaking. Lord, that when your word goes forward, it is from you. So, Lord, give us ears to hear from you today. Give us ears to hear from you this week. Lord, speak to our hearts. Help us, God, to not just be hearers of your word, deceiving ourselves, but Lord, that we would be people who take action on your word. Lord, people who live out your word every single day, being salt and light in this community and around the world, and that you and your name would be glorified in our lives and exalted in our world. It's in that name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. We live in a world that is broken. Have you noticed this? Have you noticed that we've, we're facing some challenges on planet Earth? Some, some obstacles. You, you really don't need me to convince you of that. Every day that we turn on the news, what do we see? We find that every day this world has gotten worse. Every day. Every day we flip on the news and it's, it's, it's horrible stories. How many of you turn on the news and, and you just think, wow, I am so encouraged. I'm so edified. I'm, I'm so built up. I just have such a positive outlook on the world right now. That has never happened ever in the history of news. But every time we turn on the news, it's stories of, of deep brokenness. 
of people in heartache and pain and, and injustice in our world, of stories of anger and stories of, of rage and people taking each other's lives. Immorality is just rampant in our world today. We see stories of, of oppressive governments and oppressive re regimes pressing down on, on people and, 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 and the work of the enemy very well at work in our world today. There's, there's corruption and, and scandal all over the place. From our local school boards all the way up to the highest places in our government. And this is the news that we have every single day. This is why I never, ever, 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 ever watch the news. Because it's always bad news. And I don't like bad news. I don't like, I don't, do you like bad news? You must because you watch it all the time. Anyway, we live in a world full of darkness, deep darkness, full of brokenness, deep-rooted brokenness. And I'm here to tell you today, I'm here to announce to the world, humanity is not making progress. We're not getting any better. You look over the course of the last hundred years, and wow, we, we did make, you, you could be tempted to think we made progress. You could be tempted to think that humanity has made some progress when you look at the last hundred years. You say, well, look at the technological advancements that we've made. Look at the advancements we've made in, in medicine and the advancements we've made in science. But you know that these advancements that we make in, in technology and medicine and science, all they do is, is amplify and highlight the problems that we have deep down inside of us. Yes, we have technology like we've never had before. And what do we use it for more than anything else? Pornography. The, the number one use of, of technology in the world pornography you know it used to be that to look at pornography you had to you know put on a, a hat and fake glasses and a mustache and and go into a really nasty place and buy some really nasty stuff or or maybe you would get a subscription to something that's not how it is anymore you can look at pornographic images with the tap of a finger everywhere you are that's what we're using technology for or how about the technology we use to rain down fire from heaven? More people were killed in wars in the 20th century than the rest of human history combined. We use technology only to ramp up the brokenness. You look at the advancements in science. Has, has the, have the advancements in science fixed our world? No, they haven't. Have the advancements in medicine solved death? No, they haven't. There's people still sick and dying all over the place. The mortality rate is still hovering around 100%, even with all the advances in medicine. What about education? More people being educated and highly educated than ever in the history of the world. But what do we find that more people than ever don't even know what truth is? Don't even, don't even understand the concept of truth and lies and what's real and what's false. But there is hope for our broken world. There's one hope for our broken world. His name is Jesus Christ. 
There is hope. There is an answer. It's not technology. It's not medicine. It's not science. It's not education. But it is Jesus Christ. And as as we turn to the pages of Scripture, what, what we see is that the world that we're living in, this broken world, this is not the world that God created. As we turn to the pages of Scripture, we see that there is a loving God who, who created the world very good. He created a world free of brokenness, free of pain, free of heartache, free of sin, free of sickness, free of death, free of murder. He created a world free of all of those things. He created us, humanity, in His image to, to represent Him, to, to shine His light to the world. As we look at the story of, of the Bible, the story of Scripture, we see that humanity is, has chosen, we've chosen to go our own way. Not, not to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, but to, to fulfill our own purpose and to, to follow our own hearts and to, to go our own way. In love, God created humanity to be the crown of His, his creation and, and His representatives and and humanity to, chose to, to walk away from, from the light and, and to pursue darkness. Now, we were tricked and we were lied and we believed a lie. We were sold a, a, a bill of goods that, that we didn't understand, but nevertheless, we, we've walked away from God. Humanity chosen to rebel against God and, and the assignment that he has given us. Satan comes and he entices everyone to walk away from God. We've been tricked. We've been deceived. You see, Satan said that we could be free, that we could follow our own path, that we could go our own way. We didn't have to live under God's rule and God's authority. We didn't have to live under God's word, that we could be free. That's what Satan promised. But what we find out is that he's a liar. And what we find out is that actually we're not free when we follow him. We're actually in bondage. We're in bondage. He promises freedom. He delivers bondage. And because of this, humanity's unable to do anything to help ourselves. And so God, our God, who is rich in mercy and full of love and loving kindness and grace, our God, he comes for us. When we could do nothing to help ourselves, God comes to us. And that's what this passage was about in John chapter 1. It's about God coming. God existing in, in, in perfect unity. God existing in heaven for all eternity. God creating the world and seeing it destroyed. And there's no hope. And so God says, I will bring hope to the world. And this God put on human flesh. His name is Jesus. And he walked among us and he brought from heaven to earth God's light and God's life. In that passage that we read, it said, in him, in Jesus, was life that illuminates all of humanity. You see, it's by Jesus' life that everything makes sense. It's by Jesus' life that we see the world clearly. You know, we just had Christmas about a month ago, and I've got four little kids, and I love my kids to death, and my four little kids have two grandparents that love them, maybe even more than I do, and gave them so many toys for Christmas. And I, I, we love it, and we celebrate it, and we had a wonderful time together. 
But about every night between Christmas and, and this year, and, and this moment, today, we put our kids to bed and tell them goodnight and kiss them and pray for them. And then we turn off the lights and we go to our room because we're not those weird people that let peop our kids sleep in our bed till they're like 14, right? So they have their own place. And at some point in, in that process, our, our children will call out to us that they need something. They need us. They're thirsty. You know, that's their excuse. They figured out, I'm so thirsty, I'm going to die. Give me some water. Or they're scared, or they have a bad dream, or they wet the bed, or whatever. But they call out to us. And, and somehow what happens in, in the night, and I don't know when they do it, but they get out of their bed, and they set up a room full of booby traps of all the new presents that they got for Christmas. Legos. Little toy dinosaurs. Hot Wheel cars. And they, they arrange them in this certain deviant and diabolical way that you just can't see them. And then they call out to us, I need help. So we as wonderful parents, we go into to serve our children, and then we step on these booby traps, and did I mention landmines and IEDs that they place in there, and if you've ever walked into a room with your bare foot and stepped on a leg, like not just one Lego, but a whole castle of Legos, and I'm convinced that even James Bond couldn't navigate his way through this situation, but it's simply because we, we can't see, because it's dark. And, and that's what the world is like for people who don't know Jesus. They, they just don't know. They just don't see. They're, they're living, the Bible says, in darkness, stumbling over themselves. But if only they could see, if only they could be illuminated by the life of Jesus. That all of a sudden we, we can see the, the traps of the enemy. We can see that, that there is good and that there is evil and that there is truth and that there is lies and that there is light and that there is darkness. Jesus, he comes and he shines the light of God into our world. Jesus really is the first missionary. That every other missionary and every other prophet, even the prophets of the Old Testament and the missionaries that maybe came before, even they were just pictures of, of Jesus Christ, the true missionary who left his place of glory, who left his place of comfort, who left his home, who, who left leaving heaven. Can you imagine leaving heaven to come here? I can't wait to go from here to there. Jesus left there to come here because of his great love for humanity, because of his great love for you that he he came and got off a throne to be born not in a castle not in a hospital to be born in a barn to be born in, in a stable to to have his first crib be a feeding trough the bible says that the jesus who was rich that he became poor so that we could have the riches of God in our lives. 
And so Jesus comes and he lives and he lives a life without sin, a perfect life, perfectly obedient to the Father. He begins to shine the Father's light. He begins to teach the Father's word, God's word. And there are people who love it, who love the light, who are drawn to the light. Wretches, scoundrels, tax collectors, prostitutes, all of these sinners are are drawn to Jesus. There's a group of people who reject the light. Who are those? Well, they're the church people. They're the religious people, the Pharisees, the people that know God's word better than anybody else. They reject Jesus and they, they can't stand him enough that they try to kill him on multiple occasions. At the perfect time, Jesus allowed them to kill him because he was laying down his life as a sacrifice. On the cross, Jesus died to pay the price for sin. This rebellion against God, this, this, this thing in us that causes us to run from God, sin that separates us from God, separates us from his presence, sin that, that blinds us, that, that deafens our ears, that, that causes us to be spiritually dead. Jesus on the cross paid the price for sin. Once and for all, once and for all, offered up his perfect life in exchange for yours and mine. And Jesus dies, yes, he really dies for sinners. And on the third day, we know the story that even death could not hold him down. That even death couldn't cling to Jesus. That Jesus is, is so powerful and so strong and so perfect that even Satan himself could not thwart his plan. And on the third day, Jesus rolls the stone back and Jesus rises from the dead. He doesn't limp out of the tomb half beaten up. No, he, he, he marches out in, in so much glory and so much victory. It blows the Roman guards away. Amen. He comes out of the grave, the Bible says, with the keys of death and hell and the grave. That even death has been defeated through Jesus Christ. Even the grave has been defeated. And certainly Satan and sin have been defeated through Jesus Christ. You see, the greatest problems in our world today are not social or economic or political. Our greatest problems are not a lack of education or any other problem. Our greatest problem is simply sin. And Jesus, and only Jesus, has paid the price for sin. And this is why Jesus, and only Jesus, is the hope for our broken world. He is the only solution. His life is the only life, the only sacrifice. He is the only way. He is the only truth there is no other way there is no other truth it's only Jesus because only Jesus has paid the price for sin the greatest problem is sin people living in darkness separated from God by sin social programs are good but our problems they're not social education is good and necessary but our problems are not a lack of knowledge how many of you know stuff you should be doing that you're not doing? 
How many of you know stuff you shouldn't be doing but are doing? If you've ever been to a buffet, your problem is not lack of knowledge. Life is funny sometimes. Let me tell you about a buffet. My brother had a birthday party at CeCe's this week. CeCe's is a pizza buffet. My kids loved it, by the way. I can eat pizza all I want. Pizza? Yeah, you can. So we're at CeCe's, and I'm trying to behave. But I have to tell you that even before I went into the restaurant, I loosened my belt buckle one notch. Even before I went in. I know. I know what I'm about to do. So you know what you do? You, you're like, you know, I'm going to start with a salad. I'm going to start with a salad. That's going to make a difference. So I get the smallest container they have. Because I'm not an animal. Put like three leaves in there and then where's the thousand island, you know. Where's the bacon bits, you know, and feel like I'm doing something healthy. And as I'm sitting there eating my salad, contemplating, you know, how many pieces I'm going to get on my first trip, <laughs> I hear a discussion behind me, two ladies talking, and one of them says this statement, I'm doing horrible on my diet this year. And I'm like, no joke. You're at CeCe's Pizza Buffet. No joke you're doing horrible on your diet. Like, so again, our problem is not knowledge. We know that we should never step foot in a CeCe's, in a Golden Corral. But these places are doing fine, aren't they? Our problem is not knowledge. Politics can be helpful, but our problems are not political, and certainly political leaders are not the answer to the problem. If you haven't figured that out yet, you're about to figure it out this year. The political le leaders are not the answer to the problem. The greatest problem of our world is sin and death in Jesus, and only Jesus has conquered sin and death. Amen. And so it's Jesus that we worship. It's Jesus that we, as, as God's people, lift up his name, proclaim his name, shine his light. It's Jesus, the resurrected king and the resurrected Lord, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Because it's Jesus and only Jesus, that's the answer. Amen. Now, that concludes my introduction this morning. So let me go from my introduction to my, con my first conclusion today. Jesus has now ascended to the Father. He's returning one day to judge the living and the dead and to establish a kingdom without end. And Jesus wants as many people as possible to be a part of his kingdom. But they have to put their faith in him. They have to turn from sin and repentance and trust in him as Savior and Lord. There's only one way to have your sins forgiven, and it's only through Jesus Christ. But Jesus now in heaven has entrusted to us his church and his people his mission. He came from heaven to earth to save humanity, and he has left this mission in our hands. 
And if you're not here today and that don't freak you out, you haven't been listening to anything I've been saying today. But he has given us his power as well. He has given us his spirit, entrusted to us this mission, the most important mission the world has ever known. Jesus said in John 5, 9, 5, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But now returning to the Father, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5, that now you are the light of the world. I want you to say that. Say, I am the light of the world. Don't be so depressed about it. It's a really cool honor to be used by Jesus. Say it again. I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus has now entrusted his light to his church, and it is our job to accomplish and complete his mission. And so Jesus commissions us, commissions his church, commissions his people to go into all the world. To, to, like him, leave our places of security, leave our places of comfort, leave our, 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 our neighborhoods that we are comfortable in or our living rooms that we're comfortable in and to go next door and to go to the next community and to go to the next city and to go to the next country and to go to the next nation until everyone has had a chance to hear the good news about what Jesus Christ has done for them. And all of us have a part to play in this mission. None of us is left out of this. If you believe in Jesus today, you have a, an integral part to play. In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Listen, if you believe in Jesus today, you have been commissioned into his mission empowered by his spirit to shine his light in the world. Now, some of us will do that where we are here in our communities. How many of you know San Antonio needs Jesus? Amen. But God calls some of us also to go to the far reaches of this planet, to extend his kingdom. And those who stay, he calls us to partner with them. Last week, I shared with you three ways that we get involved in God's mission and that is through giving, and that is through serving, and that is through praying. And I want to remind you of these. Listen, you can be involved in this mission, this cosmic, this, this global mission of God uniting all things under Christ, fixing our broken world, establishing his kingdom where there is no more death, there is no more pain, there is no more sorrow, there's only joy and light and love for all eternity there's not even any more tears because he wipes them from our eyes. There's not even any more night because his glory will fill the whole earth. That means you don't have to put your kids to bed in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But it's our job to make sure as many people as possible are there. And you have a part to play by giving, by serving, by praying. And maybe even you're hearing God's voice and he is calling you to go. The only antidote for darkness is our world is people shining the light. You have a part to play 
And the part that you have to play is not small or insignificant. The part you have to play, you have been uniquely called, gifted, and empowered to accomplish. The part you have to play in expanding God's kingdom and in his mission, it's a part that I can't play. It's a part that nobody else in this room can play. It's something that you only can do and accomplish. An assignment from God for you and for your life. There's only one group of people whose job it is to take God's love to the world, and it's, the, it's this people in this room. It's the church. You think the government's going to get the good news of Jesus out? No. You think a company or a corporation or a university? No, it is the church's job. It is our job. And we all have a part to play, and all of our parts are significant. It's our job to shine the light. It's our job to show God's love. It's our job to preach the gospel. It's our job to combat the lies of Satan with the truth of Jesus. All of us have a part to play. The reason this conference, we call it Light Your World, not Light The World, because all of you, all of us, should be lighting our world for Jesus. So whether at the end of this week you get on a plane and you go to China, or at the end of this week you get on a via bus and you go down to the south side, we all have a light to shine this week. We, we, we all have a part to play and to light our world with the gospel of Jesus. God's heart is that the nations would be set free. God's heart is that we would encounter his light and, and his love and, and that people would be set free from the bondage of sin and set free from the bondage of Satan. Millions today, if not billions, still living in darkness, never once even hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. And we can make a difference together. Together. Ver alone we could do very little, but together we can do something great for the kingdom of God. And so, again, I want to encourage you, Destiny Church, let's be a part of what God's doing this week. As you come this week and experience the presence of God in worship and, and hear the stories of the missionaries and, and hear the word of God preached, I guarantee you one thing will happen for you this week. The call of God will be clarified in your life. You might say, well, what part do I have to play? What, what difference can I make? Listen, if you will show up this week, God's call on your life will begin to come into greater focus. You'll have a greater understanding of the part that he wants you to play. I guarantee you. You'll experience the presence of God. You'll hear the voice of God. And God will show you the next step. The next step of his plan and purpose unfolding in your life. And if you're like me, you want to use your life for the glory of God. If you're like me, you want your life to count for something. If you're like me, you want to make a difference, a real difference. Souls for all eternity, that's what we're talking about. You can make a difference for eternity. Would you stand with me this morning?
Father, as we gather here this morning, we're so grateful again to be in your house where your presence is. Lord, surrounded by your people. God, right now I pray that you would begin to clarify, bring into greater focus your call and and your plan, the, the unique gifting and the unique part that each of us is to play. Lord, we invite you to speak to us. Lord, we've set aside the the first part of of the year to have this conference. Lord, we want to hear from you. And Lord, we know that you are speaking to us, but sometimes we're a little dull of hearing. And sometimes there's just a lot of distractions. So God, help us to hear. Give us ears to hear. Lord, give us a desire to to, to know your plan and, and a desire to fulfill it in an ever-increasing and and ever-greater way. Lord, speak to to each person, to each heart, to each soul that is here today, the the way for them to to take their next step in, in making a difference for you and for your kingdom. And then, Lord, give us the faith to, to step out into it. We thank you for your spirit that enables us to do it. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian, you're not right with God, you you know that you're living in sin, I'm here to tell you, I know what your next step is. Your next step is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Your next step is to to trust in him and the work that he accomplished for you on the cross, that is your next step. So if you're here today and you've never trusted, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, today is your day. Today is your day. Today is the day that you become a Christian. Today is the day that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Today is the day that you have all of your sins washed away by Jesus You don't have to leave here bound. You you can leave here today set free. You don't have to to leave here holding on to the hurts of the past. You you can leave here today unburdened by Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite all of us to to pray a a simple prayer today. And I would encourage you, my dear friend, don't let today pass you by without putting your faith in Jesus Christ. So as we pray this prayer, let us put our faith in Jesus. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sin. I repent of my sin. I ask you to cleanse me. Make me clean. Thank you for loving me. Help me to follow Jesus. All the days of my life, filling me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.